You know my Jesus is all. My Jesus is all. Welcome to Sanctified in Truth with Michael York, a ministry of the Fairview Baptist Church in Ashland, Kentucky. Sanctified in Truth is a daily podcast for followers of Christ who desire to imitate Him and dedicate ourselves fully to the plans God has for us by deepening our love and understanding of God's Word. Our scripture reading today is Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1 to 6. As always, I want to encourage you to read the passage before you listen to the podcast. This comparison between the ministry of Jesus and the ministry of the Levitical high priest continues as the writer of Hebrews shows two more areas where Jesus' ministry is superior. Jesus has a superior ministry because of where he's seated and where he serves. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. The right hand of the throne, as we've talked about, was a place reserved for the most powerful and prominent person in the kingdom. It was a seat that a king would give to honor a victorious general. What the writer of Hebrews wants us to see is Jesus' work was not complete when he ascended. In a sense, it had just begun. Right now, Jesus is seated before the Father, interceding before us, advocating on our behalf. But Jesus is also better because of where he serves. In the Old Covenant, the people of Israel were instructed to first build a tabernacle, a tent to meet with God, and then later a temple, a formal building to meet with God. But the writer of Hebrews calls these things copies and shadows. That's a strange language that we need to try and figure out. To understand why the writer of Hebrews uses this language, we have to hear this letter as the original recipients did. One of the most influential thinkers in the Greco-Roman world was the philosopher Plato. Plato Plato believed that all we see are only shadows of an original. He compared life to a man in a firelit cave seeing shadows on the wall. The writer of Hebrews adopts this imagery to let people know that the writer of that the goal of the old covenant was always to point to something better. The ministry of the priests looked forward to a better priesthood. Not one who would enter into the presence of God, but one who would be seated in the presence of God. The tabernacle and temple were only special to the point that they looked forward to something better. What the writer of Hebrews says, they were according to the pattern of God's dwelling place in heaven. Our hope is not in the things done in this world. It's in heaven. No human can fix our relationship with God for us. Only God himself can fix it. That's why he sent Jesus. And the only place where our relationship with God can be fixed is not in some temple or tabernacle, but in heaven itself, which is where Jesus is. All this once again underscores this vital truth. Our only hope in life is God. Any effort we put into making ourselves right with God is wasted. 
Only Jesus can do that. Nothing in this world can fix our relationship with God. No idea, no thing, no ritual. Our relationship with God can only be fixed in the throne room of heaven itself, where God rules and he reigns with Christ. As we seek to think through meaning, implication, and applications of this passage, we want to ask ourselves our three basic questions. First, what does this passage tell me about God? The writer of Hebrews begins this passage by making plain his point. We have a high priest. God is so holy that we cannot approach him in our sin. If we were able to come into the presence of God in our brokenness and sinfulness, we would have no idea about his holiness. So it's good and necessary that God showed us a pattern through the high priest. It's also good, very good, very gracious that God provided for us a high priest. The writer of Hebrews wants to comfort the hearts of these people, to let them know that their standing with God is secure because of what Jesus has done. One of the greatest helps we have in the Christian life is simply to reflect on the active and continual work of Jesus. It's the work of Jesus that gives us hope and stability in our lives. Nothing we do can offer that. Only what Jesus has done and is doing gives us hope. The second question we want to ask is, what does this passage reveal to me about myself and about humanity in general? In verse 5, the writer of Hebrews uses a word, pattern. In other words, God is intending to teach certain spiritual realities through the rituals that he ordained, through the buildings he ordained. One of these things that God was intending to teach is that it was necessary for the priest to have something to offer. Priests could not approach a holy God without an offering to show thankfulness and an offering to atone for sin. This is God teaching. This was God showing us that to approach him, we couldn't do it on our own merit. Jesus, as our high priest, offered up an offering for us. He offered his life as a thanksgiving, as an act of love, but also as an atonement. Trying to get to God on our own is not just unwise or inadvisable. It's impossible. It cannot be done. But praise God for Jesus, who's our representative, our priest before the Father right now in God's heavenly sanctuary, seated at God's right hand. Our third question is, what does this passage call me to do? The tabernacle, the ministry of the priests, these were but shadows. They pointed to something greater. Now we examine the theology behind this statement, but I want to follow this thinking to its logical conclusion. The priest and the tabernacle point to heavenly realities. And so our hope is not in the things of this world, but of heaven itself. As we follow this line of thinking, we're reminded that we're not living for the things of this world. We're living for eternity. The Bible says that we're to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. It tells us to set our minds on the things above. One of the problems that these Roman Christians were facing and that the writer of Hebrews was hoping to steer them away from is a preoccupation with the things of this world. They were facing persecution from this world. They were wanting comfort in this world. They were wanting a degree of acceptance from this world. I don't want what I'm saying to be misunderstood, to imply that this world's not real or that it doesn't matter. 
And then all we do as Christians is just sit and look forward to heaven. What I am saying is that this world, as it is, is not where we should make our home. We must not tie our hopes and our affections and security to the things of this world, because they won't last. One of these days, God is going to recreate the world, and it will be perfect, just like it was in Eden. It will be His dwelling place, and His people, because of our high priest, will get to be there with Him, in His sanctuary, in His presence. And it's that day that I look forward to. It's that day that I find hope in. It's that day that gets me through today, and I persevere toward with all my heart, and with all my soul, and with all my strength. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode of Sanctified in Truth. Join us tomorrow as we'll discuss Hebrews chapter 8, verse 7 to 13. May everything you say and everything you do today seek to honor God. And whatever you do, take comfort and know that Jesus has already prayed for you, that you would be sanctified in truth. Thank you.